0: Hello there. Are you sure you're in the right place? See the name on the door? This podcast is Spine Chillers and Serial Killers. Surely you don't want to come in here. You do. Well, I must warn you that things are pretty adult in here. Absolutely no children are allowed. Obscene language, shocking and horrendous stories to chill you to your core, and terrifying tales that'll keep you up at night. The ladies inside aren't quite right. Lovely and
1: hilarious, but very strange. Still want in, do you? Well, you'll get what
2: you're here for. Listener discretion is advised.
0: and welcome back to this week's Spine Chillers and Serial Killers. I'm Tash. I'm Emma. And I'm Becky. Hello. Hi, hi, welcome hi. back. Well, hello there.
2: You guys all right?
0: Yep. All good in the hood. How about you? Well, fine, fine. Um,
2: nice. Yeah, we actually started talking to each other half an hour ago but we've been playing with uh filters for half an hour because that's how grown up we are yeah
1: we weren't even talking to each other we were just playing with the filters no literally not we're just
2: (laughs) playing with the filters and pulling faces yeah i'm in trouble girls
1: Uh uh-oh we're in trouble something come along and it's my bubble oh yeah yeah yeah
2: that was nice
1: that was the intro to your little story now tell us why you in trouble
2: Well I've been hacked Oh Oh and uh, I've got this really threatening email and I'm I'm a bit stressed about it Oh no The subject of the email is you've been hacked
1: <laughs> Oh how many exclamation marks were there
2: There's none but hacked is all capitals Ah
1: <gasps> Well
2: it says hi my prey Oh <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of
0: kinky, right? I mean, listen, that's where my mind went. Kind of dommy, yeah. Mmm.
1: Let's see where this goes.
2: This is my last warning. Okay, Daddy. I write you since I attached a Trojan on the website with porno, which oh. you have viewed. Oh, Emma.
0: You're on Pornab again. <laughs>
2: My Trojan captured all your private data, then switched on your camera, which recorded the act of your solitary
1: sex. (laughs) I'm sorry, this is one of my nightmares. This is the sort of thing that I worry about in the middle of the night. Not Uh. like I go on to porn all the time, but I'm like, what happens if I was like naked or on the toilet and someone's filmed that? But go on, keep going. Tell me now. Tell me the rest. Just
2: after that, the Trojan saved your contact list. I will erect I will erase the I, <laughs> I will erase the compromising video rec- reco- rec- 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 records
1: <laughs> Keep that in please
2: <laughs> <mam deinem> I will erase the compromising video records and info if you transfer $900 uh in bitcoin this is the address blah 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 I give you 36 hours after you open my message for making the payment. As soon as you read the message, I'll see it right away. It is not necessary to tell me that you have sent money to me. The address is connected to you. My system will erase automatically after transfer confirmation. If you don't pay, I'll send dirt to all your contacts.
0: are people <laughs> buying stuff like this do they um, think this and what type true. of dirt
1: is he talking about is he talking about compost mm. because I I, I I wouldn't mind a bit of that for the garden yeah
2: <laughs> if you don't pay I'll send dirt to all your contacts let me remind you I see what you're doing you if you try to deceive dirt. me I'll know it immediately <gasps> I don't live in your country bye <laughs> don't forget about the shame bye <laughs> <laughs> don't
1: forget about the shame
2: Don't forget about the shame and to ignore. Your life can be ruined. I'm so upset about it. What do I do? I don't have 900 US dollars in
0: Bitcoin. You just sell whatever you can to get that money together because uh, the shame.
2: (laughs) Don't forget the shame. Oh, it did make me laugh. I was like, (laughs) really? Come on. Oh, dear. If That is, in fact, true, which I highly doubt because I don't watch porn. The worst he's got is, like, a really unattractive view of me, topless, playing Candy Candy Crush. Yeah. (laughs) Do you do that topless? Yeah, because I play all my games in bed, and I never wear any clothes in bed apart from my knickknacks.
1: You get extra points if you play it topless.
2: Yeah.
1: Don't forget
2: the
0: shame.
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh it's making me think of that shame shame you know on Mm. game of thrones shame Shame.
0: yeah well she was naked wasn't she so you know it's fitting
1: she wasn't wasn't playing candy crush though and yeah i don't think she had the internet in in that series she'd have to go to the library and go excuse me one pawn please (laughs) i would like one pawn (laughs)
2: she didn't need porn she was shagging everybody wasn't she
1: yeah including her brother
2: even her brother
1: incest yeah
2: anyway that's about as much news as I have
1: it was very good and I think you should 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 maybe shouldn't oh god what's happened you (laughs) alright should 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 should, 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 pay the pay the pay the pay the money I think I've been hacked I had. I forgot to tell you this because I thought I'd tell you on here. It's not as good as that, but as many women do, I have a massive crush on Henry Cavill. You know, um, Superman, Superman, The Witcher, that hot stuff. Oh, that hot guy.
2: yeah, The Witcher.
1: Uh, I, I first saw him in The Tudors, and oh, he was my yes. favorite.
2: Oh uh, The Tudors was such a great series. Brilliant series. Brilliant.
1: And, it, was. Uh, it was. It was. It was saucy, hot, hot, hot. Yeah. saucy, saucy. Yeah. Anyway, so obviously on Instagram I follow him, but then I follow a few fan accounts as I do with Pedro Pascal as well because you know you get quite a few more little little pictures. Having a bad day, Pedro Pascal. Having a bad day, Henry Cavill. Everyone. It it just it just makes my day better. So yeah. anyway, I got a um a message from. From Henry himself, apparently. He said, hey, wavy hand emoji. I said, hi. He said, how are you? I said, I have COVID, so it could be better. <laughs> <laughs> <Are you? laughs> um, and he was like, I'm good. I created this private page to reach out to a few of my lucky fans. Are you a supporter of my work? And I was like, your work is in Henry Cavill, the actor? or the owner of a fan page. (laughs) And he was like, (laughs) question mark. And then he said, no, this is really me. I actually created this private page to reach out to a few lucky fans and appreciate them for the unwavering support. I said, that's nice of you. Do many people believe you? (laughs) He said, pardon? (laughs) Pardon me? This is really me. I can't stoop so low to claim someone's identity. I have a reputation to keep. Yeah. And I said, of course, as the man of steel, your reputation, I'm sure, is very important. <laughs> and I said, how's your dog? <laughs> he has a really lovely dog. And I was like, to prove it's you, can I have a, can I have a picture? And he didn't answer straight away at the other time. So I said, Could, actually, can you send me a picture of you holding up a spoon to the camera? And he said, "I would love to, but it's against my management policy. I'm being monitored by my management. I hope you understand."
2: Oh yeah, of course. I'm and I said, "Oh my watching. god, Henry, are
1: you being are you being monitored like Britney Spears?" That okay. sounds really creepy, Henry. I need you to get out of there right now. <laughs> Send me a video and blink twice if you need help. And then he didn't reply anymore, so I didn't get to go any further.
2: <laughs> oh, I think you blew it with Henry
1: Cavill. Ah. If that was really him, I'd be proper gutted, but obviously it's not. Uh, I mean, the
2: grammar gives it away, man.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I hope you understood. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't want to talk about his dog, which I assume means that I reckon he definitely would have wanted to talk about his dog. Anybody who owns a dog wants to talk about their dog. Absolutely. If not, they're a fake dog owner.
2: Right, Tash, have you got anything to say before we go
0: on? We can do a Tinder with Tash if you like.
1: Yeah, Yeah, Becky,
0: you good
2: for a little bit
0: of her
1: TT? I am always ready for Tinder with Tash. Play that jingle.
0: Sit down, you boys and girls, and everyone in between. Story time. Dash has stories for you, both funny and obscene. Ooh. Did she swipe right, swipe left, or find
2: out he had a rash? Ew. We're about to find out,
0: because it's Tinder with
1: Dash.
0: So, Saturday night, I went to a zombie fest you did vest. i
1: saw your story
0: so i dressed up as a witch because oh i'm a minimal effort kind of girl got a witch- witch's hat the
1: hat was cool the hat the was hat amazing was cool. oh please just go to someone's funeral and sit at the back of the church wearing that hat and everyone would think he's got mysterious st- mysterious it's stu- who i
0: am now i just wear hats Actually, that hat reminds me of
2: something I'm going to talk about later, creepily.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that's uh, tying in nicely, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so I'm at this zombie fest. Basically, it's just a rave on Halloween or around Halloween. Sorry, did you go to a rave? Yeah, like a party. Yeah, like a festival rave thing. Yeah. You were outraged
1: that I went to a music festival last time and you're going to a rave yeah not,
0: well you know some people are cool
1: oh raves, raves raves but yeah l- it on. looked good though to be fair it was
0: only like e- evening it wasn't like all night or anything i was home in bed by 12
1: yeah good girl like okay. a good witch would
2: be <laughs> exactly oh, I, I feel a little bit better i was almost thinking that we're actually like you're too cool to be my friend
0: oh absolutely not babe like, oh, that's fine 12 o'clock bed. bedtime that's cool make-up off, in bed with a cup of tea before 12. Fab. I don't even think we had a cup of tea. I think we had water. Like, the sensible adults we were, so we didn't have a hangover the next day.
2: Oh, I'm picking up on a wee. Did you pick up a zombie? No, oh. but...
0: We get to this thing, we're stone cold sober, we've had half a glass of wine each. Um, I was with my friend Rachel, big up to her, Um, she listens to the show and she always gets us listeners as well, so love you for that, babe.
2: I was going to say, we hear about Rachel a lot. Rachel, you sound very cool.
0: She like, recommends us to loads of people, so... Oh, bless your heart. Yeah, she's an absolute babe. So, anyway, so we're there... We're like trying to get drunk like relatively quickly because it's that kind of thing where they, it started at 12. It was like 12 till 12, but we didn't go to like five. So like the people that are there are already like half cut. I love a dance, but I definitely need a drink to have a dance. Like I'm yeah, not. A, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, anyway, so I'm trying to get drunk and then <laughs> I'm standing there and this man goes, film me, film me. I'm going to dance. So we're filming him. He dances and he does a flip. It was really cool. I put it on my Instagram. It's not there anymore. But if people do want to see it, I can add it to our Instagram page. So we go to the 90s tent because I'll be honest, everything else was a bit too boom, boom, boom and quite anxiety inducing. So we chose to spend the majority of our night in the 90s tent. We're dancing and just enjoying the music. Maybe I haven't got a resting bitch face. Maybe I am super, super friendly. But people always talk to me, right? They're always like, you having a nice night? Like chatting away, whatever. That is not what happens to Rachel. She definitely does not give off that vibe. She's like, why are you talking to me? (laughs) (laughs) We love her. We love her. But we're kind of like polar opposites in terms of that. So I'm sort of talking to this guy. Me and her are dancing he's like standing next to us dancer he's like you're all right you having a good night blah blah i was like yeah really good time he's like this isn't really my scene but like the music's good isn't it so it's like it's like basic chat right mm. i am more than half cut by this point he goes to me um oh do you want a drink i'm like yeah sure so he went and got me a drink he came back And uh, he handed me the drink and I was like, oh, thank you. But how do I know you haven't spiked it? And he was like, oh, for God's sake, women, this is what he said to me. Then he took a swig of it and I was like, okay, fine. Like, obviously you wouldn't drink a drink that you've spiked. So we're dancing and then um, he looks at me and he goes, "Um, oh, like we're having an after party. You can come back with us later. I was like yeah like we might do like knowing full well we absolutely were not going back Mm. and then he looks at me again he goes do you do pills and I went no do you he went I don't know why I just said that (laughs) I think he thought I was gonna say yeah I, I do pills and would do pills with him but obviously I don't so he then felt awkward but obviously because I was drunk, I still gave him my no- I got his number and uh, yeah, I haven't texted him since. But could have been the love of my life. But he offered me pills, so...
2: Yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah. I haven't
0: texted him. But yeah, I did get hit on a couple of times on, on a Saturday night, raving, dressed as a witch. So that's always exciting. Well, you're very, very attractive, so I'm not surprised. Thanks, babe. And... I've um, had an epiphany. Oh, nice word. I know, get me, hey? Mm. I know I've mentioned that I don't want to date anymore and that I'm really happy in my life. But, so I'm hosting a a little gathering on Friday and it'll be an outside event. And so I wanted to put the fire pit on. But I've only got a grass garden. I don't have much of a patio. So I I needed like a, a paving slab or something. I've driven around to like four different places, eventually gone to this builder's merchants, asked for just a paver or something. Anyway, why have I not been going to builder's merchants more often? Are they fit? Well, it's just basically all men, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Why am I not going there? (laughs) I managed to flirt my way into getting some slate for free to put in my garden to have the fire pit on. I was like, I don't know if you've got any, like, broken bits of, like, paving slab or anything. He was like, oh, yeah, I might have. Come and look in the skip with me. I was like, don't tell me twice.
2: (laughs) Jump in that skip.
0: So he walked over to, like, the furthest corner in the bloody yard and looked in the skip. And I was like, what about that piece of slate? He was like, great idea. Got it out.
2: Got it out, did he? (laughs)
0: Yeah, got it out. And then... uh, I asked him if he wanted me to carry it if it was too heavy. <laughs> this is class, you pure class. Said,
1: I, a weak woman, cannot possibly carry this bit of slate.
0: But so we got two bits. Ooh, two bits! Eh? I was like, mm. I was like, oh, I'll carry one, like it's fine. Or you know, would you say something? You instantly regret what you said. I went to him. <laughs> I used to work in a builder's merchant, so I'm very strong, you know. <laughs>
1: Oh, oh, did you turn away yeah. and be like what did I say I was like French oh, he was like
0: oh did you what builders merchants did you work and then we ended up having a conversation about that and uh, yeah so uh, oh, did you
1: throw in that you, s- you used to live in France and that you speak French and that you're cultured and stuff yeah, and that you like yeah, pâté yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like Patin. I was like yeah I went to
0: the builder's merchants he was like oh what one was that I was like oh it's one in France
1: maybe you, did you invite him over for a cockle van
0: oh I should have I'll bring the van if you bring the cock oh! <laughs> I'm using that, I'm using that, I'm using that. Anyway, I have decided that I will be going to builders merchants more often. So if anybody wants anything collecting, uh, maybe a screw or <laughs> or a nail <laughs> or some hardwood, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm Is it wet girl. or
1: dry?
2: <laughs> God, the innu- innuendo, I can't take it
0: i know morning Uh, don't worry i'll take it for you (laughs) um i'm so disgusting but yeah listen on a serious note if you live in the area where i live you probably don't know where i live but if you do know where i live basically i'm shouting out to rach a couple of our other listeners that do live local to me if you do want me to go and collect anything from a builder's merchants form for you i am willing to do so in the name of love
2: right i don't know what to say (laughs) really romance over a skip.
0: Listen, mm. it's, it's all got to start somewhere, hasn't it?
2: It's got to start somewhere, babes, it has. So, yeah. And um, also, that guy going, oh, women, and then taking a swig of your drink. Honestly, when you said this random guy was buying you a drink and he passed you the drink, I was like, Tash, don't take the drink. Tash, don't take the drink. because it,
0: You know, I probably shouldn't have taken a drink off him, even though he did drink from it. But I, at least I got him to drink from it.
2: But I think men need to realise that, oh, women, we have to think this way.
1: Yeah, there's a reason for it. Yeah, it's not because
2: we're, like, super paranoid or, like, thinking... I
0: I, I didn't want his germs, like... Oh, my God. And then I've just remembered. So he left and went to another tent to, like on no party or whatever do take some pills and um he was like oh i'm gonna go like with my friends to this up to the other 10 he's like do you want to come i was like no not really we're like more into this sort of music and then he hugged me and i was like fine like whatever did he fart no (laughs) no (laughs) he fist bumped me I've never been more confused in my life. We've just, like, exchanged numbers. You've bought me a drink, you've asked me back to an after-party, and then you've fist-bumped me. It's because
2: you wouldn't do any pills, that's all. Maybe, yeah. uh... Anyway, shall we crack on? Let's do this.
1: Crack on we shall. I
2: feel like that was a cracking intro, in fact. I enjoyed it. Oh, shall we make, before we start, shall we make our little announcement on the changes that we're making? Yes. Now
1: feels the right time to do that.
2: So go on, Becky, you make the announcement, my love.
1: Oh, well, I wasn't prepared, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're, instead of doing, putting an episode out every week, we're going to put an episode out every two weeks Um, because we're just, dis- spending most of our well emma's spending either all of her time doing a story and editing and she's got a house to renovate and a family to look after, and then uh, also work comes into that as well for me and tash Families, work and trying to put a story together every week it's just uh, a bit stressful
2: <laughs> yeah i reckon it'll be beneficial all round because it'll give us a hell of a lot more time I mean, the editing, guys, I'm not complaining, but the editing takes hours. It takes days and days and days.
0: Yeah, you do a lot, don't you, babe? Well, I do.
2: and I probably do more than I should. But if it bugs me, I'm like, well, you know, if I'm listening to a podcast, I don't like mouth noises and stuff like that. So... Yes, I do delete every heavy breath or every turtle or every wet, weird mouth noise, but it's just because if I was listening to it, it'd bug me, yeah, and then often I end up with like a day or two to research and write up a story, and I just feel like I'm rushing it and I'm rushing the the content. And the content is yeah. what I should be concentrating more on. So if we do it every two weeks, it's good. it is going to be a better. I mean, I mean, the podcast might end up being longer because me and Becky will have had more time to research it. All round, it'll work out better. Hope you stick with us. Don't don't leave. Don't leave us.
1: I think every other week will work well. I think the stories will be more in depth as well and like maybe some information that you might not know about certain cases. Yeah. It'll just give us more time to, to make more, to make our, well, mine anyway, yours are always very well done, but make my a uh, little bit more well-researched. And
2: Oh, sweetie, yours are always like lovely. Stop it. I rush mine. I'm like, I've got two days and I'm like, right, shit, what am I going to do? That being said, are you ready for uh-huh. a spooky story? Let's do it I
1: most certainly am.
2: Have you ever looked at a painting and thought, nope, no thank you?
0: Yes. Yes, I have. Yes.
2: Yeah. Art is weird, right? Yeah.
0: Yes. So weird.
2: I find some paintings rather disturbing. Even when they're not supposed to be disturbing, I'm like, "Mm, no, Mm, I don't like it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think some artists as well really... Put what's in their head onto a bit of paper, and it feels like you're kind of seeing into someone's mind sometimes. And sometimes it's not a great place; yeah, exactly, in a dark place. Yeah, and if, what comes out on the on the, at the end result is kind of creepy. <laughs> Absolutely. But you know, usually that that's the point, I yeah. suppose. But
2: well, yeah. yeah, and and some people are like, "Wow, that's amazing!" And I, you know, I'm not knocking the talent. There is some amazing talent that goes into these paintings. But would I hang them in my house and not get creeped out? No. No, no. <laughs> I would be yeah. terrified. Because some can give you an eerie and uncomfortable feeling. Possibly because the images depicted are difficult to look at. You know, if it's like something gross, like, I don't know, aren't there paintings of like gods feeding on children or stuff like that? So, yeah, I'm
1: sure- I think there's paintings of literally anything. Yeah, yeah, there's some weird stuff.
2: Or when the artist pours their heart and soul into a piece, if they're in a dark place, like we were just saying, could that feeling of loss and despair translate through the brush strokes? Or in the cases that we are going to talk about now, could a spirit have been haunting the artist without their knowledge and wanting to be eternal, inspired the creation of a painting, a painting that they will attach themselves to forever, a painting that will allow them to be seen and known? and most terrifyingly, felt. So if you haven't guessed it yet this week, I'm going to talk about cursed or haunted paintings. And it might make you think twice about what you hang on your walls. Okay, the first painting we're going to talk about is known as The Anguished Man. Oh, Now, girls, what do you prefer? Do you want to hear the story and then
0: look at the picture? Or do you want to see the painting and then hear the story? Um, I think I would rather see the picture that you're referring to in the story at the end becky yeah also same
2: at the end okay this painting is of a man looking well rather anguished oh. it's just a face with a wide open mouth and wide empty eyes it's owned by sean robinson of cumbria in the uk he inherited it from his grandmother who kept it covered in her attic for 25 years she said the painting was pure evil and she didn't want to look at it. The artist is anonymous, but Sean's grandmother told him that they had used their own blood mixed in with the oil paint to create the portrait just before
1: committing suicide. Well, that's terrifying and, and everything.
2: Yeah, it's just the kind of thing you want to inherit, really, isn't it? It's like,
1: oh, cool, yeah, i got the blood painting. Mm. Yeah, I've got the suicide painting, Yeah. Mm. Sean's wife
2: didn't want the painting in the house. I'm with her. It freaked her out too much, so he put it down into the basement. He didn't want to get rid of it or sell it, as the story behind it fascinated him. And of course, it had sentimental value. The anguished man remained in the family's basement until they were flooded in 2010. I know. Sean was forced to bring it upstairs, into the house. It was put in an unoccupied bedroom but almost instantly the Robinsons began experiencing a very frightening haunting. They would hear sobbing and whimpering all around the house. They all saw on multiple occasions a shadow figure shuffling slowly around. Sean woke up with the figure staring at him whilst he slept yeah. and he could feel <laughs> and he could feel the rage coming from it. His wife woke up with the strange shadow man in bed with her, lying next to her, staring at her before vanishing completely. Their son has been pushed down the stairs by invisible hands, and this is at the point that I would have either sold it or burnt it, I think.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It needs needs to be gone, doesn't it, really? Yeah,
2: yeah. Sean experienced strange cold mists surrounding him in the house that dissipated as quickly as they appeared. The family would hear bangs that came from nowhere and scraping like nails scratching down the walls. Sean set up a camera overnight to watch the painting and he caught the painting falling down by itself. Now I've seen this video and the angle that the painting was propped up at should have made falling forwards impossible, but it did. It fell forwards. And as it did, the door to the bedroom also opened and closed by itself and orbs were seen entering and exiting the picture. Sean moved into his parents' house temporarily and of course took the painting with him. It only took a few days before the activity started up again and this time it was his father who got pushed down the stairs. Thankfully, he was unharmed and the painting got put into storage for fear of real harm coming to his parents'.
0: I don't want to see this picture at all. <laughs> Just close your eyes. I'm not going to look at it.
2: However, he does take or lend the painting to paranormal investigators who will take it with them to other haunted places because that's a great idea. Take the haunted thing to a haunted place.
1: I think it would be a really good idea if they rented it out to people like Anna like gold diggers with really older husbands so that the painting will push their older husbands down the stairs. Oh, and they get their, Becky!
0: They'd make so a fortune. Naughty, but I
1: love it.
2: That is fucked up, Becky, and I think you should leave.
1: No, I'm going to go buy that <laughs> painting and I've got a new business opportunity for both of you. <laughs> I don't know anyone with a rich husband, though, so... <laughs>
2: So he does lend the painting out to Paranormal Investigators or he takes it on Paranormal Investigations with him to other haunted places. On one occasion, the Shadow Man appeared in the séance circle as the room temperature dropped significantly. A wooden bench then started banging on the floor until it was flipped over entirely. The entire group was utterly terrified and said it was the most paranormal thing that they'd ever witnessed in their careers. And this was seen by over 20 people. To finish with the Anguished Man, Sean has locked it up in storage as it began giving people nosebleeds and the feeling of being nauseous. He said he will never sell it for fear of harm it could cause to others. He says many copies have appeared on eBay, but that no one should buy them because there is only one anguished man and it's his. So do you want to see the Anguished Man? No, I'm
0: an
1: You can't catch me, I'm an Anguished man. Yeah. (laughs) Go on then. Give
0: it to me, Go on, baby.
1: Cash. It's not that mm-hmm. bad. Mm-hmm. It's. I don't. I don't. I can't. I'm. Oh, it's not that bad, actually. <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> so that's the anguish, man. They look
1: like an, an alien. Oh, it's horrible, though. I wouldn't like that standing over me at night. Oh
0: no, I don't like that. I've got to delete that off my phone. I don't like that. It makes me <laughs> funny. And the
2: fact it was like yeah it's all right no it makes me feel funny yeah the more
0: that you look at it the more
1: horrible i've removed
0: it 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 makes me feel really funny oh i can see it when i close my eyes quick talk about something else talk about something happy okay we're moving on to the next painting raybirds are kittens raybirds are kittens raybirds are kittens (laughs) we're moving on to our next painting
2: or paintings as this includes a whole series of pictures from the spanish artist bruno armadio who went by the pseudonym, 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 pseudonym,
1: pseudonym,
2: pseudonym. that's the one.
1: Pseudocrine. Yeah. Pseudocrine. Pseudocrine. Pseudocrine would have helped.
2: Yeah, it wouldn't. I don't think. <laughs> it helps with
1: everything was pseudocrine. Shove pseudocrine on anything. It's nothing pseudocrine can't fix. Got a cup, cream. Um, <laughs> hanging off, Sudocream, <laughs>
2: <laughs> haunted, anguish, man, Sudocream. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Bruno, he went by the pseudonym. Pseudonym. I can't say that word. He bu- he went by a different name. Okay, and it was Giovanni Bragolin. So if you've got these paintings in your house or these copies, that's what burn the, the house down. This. Oh, it's funny you say that. Oh. Oh. Ah. Throughout the 60s to the 80s, he produced over 60 portraits of the crying boy, which, as you can guess, are portraits of little boys crying.
1: I was thinking, why would anyone have that on their wall?
2: Well, it was hugely popular and it actually sold over 50,000 copies in the UK alone so weird the portraits were the only successful paintings armadio had made but speculation soon began as people started accusing him of abusing and scaring the children to get them to pose for the pictures some even say the artist was like the devil himself however armadio stood up for himself saying that one of his subjects for the paintings was a little street boy he found in madrid He was a mute orphan with such sorrow in his eyes that the artist became instantly intrigued and stopped to paint the boy. A nearby priest saw the artist and came over to warn him, saying that the boy was called Don Bonilo and he had run away after losing his parents in a fire. And now wherever the boy went, fires tended to break out. The priest warned him to stay away from the boy, but Armadio ignored him and took the little orphan home with him and began painting a series of portraits of the crying boy. Maybe he should have listened to the priest as his studio and apartment burned down and he lost everything.
0: Oh my God.
2: Instantly suspecting Don Bonillo, he threw him out and never saw him again. Armedio's situation only got worse when rumours of the curse spread throughout Europe and no one wanted to buy his paintings in fear of the curse. Sadly, Don Bonillo's life ended in a fiery blaze just like his parents. He had a car crash and the car exploded after hitting a wall. His body was burnt beyond recognition and only identified by some paperwork he had in the glove box. Don's tragic death only gave more credit to the curse of the crying boy... And soon people began reporting that they too had had house fires and the only thing to survive was the painting of The Crying Boy. The painting often laying face down amongst a pile of ashes. After some house fires causing serious injuries or even death, people began wanting to burn their copies only to find that the painting could not be burnt. In each case, the fire service found a logical explanation to the house fires, cigarettes, deep fat fryers, or faulty wiring, but found no logical explanation as to why the paintings were always found intact. One stated that maybe it was the tears that put the fire out. On September 4th, 1985, The Sun, so the newspaper The Sun, printed an article about the cursed paintings and the story of a family who had lost their home in a fire. This article started six weeks of coverage as stories began pouring in from people that had experienced the same thing. And as always, the one thing that never burnt was the picture of the crying boy. People even began reporting that the painting would move by itself, swaying back and forth. And if taken down, it would put itself back on the wall when no one was around. The stories continued and of course, the sun ran with all the attention. But soon its readers began asking for help and asking how to get rid of the paintings. So the sun said, send them to us and we'll destroy them all. The paper's main office received over 2,500 copies and held a huge bonfire on Halloween night. How they got them to burn, I do not know. Logical explanations have been given as to why the painting is so hard to burn, the type of canvas that is used to print it, the varnish could be fire retardant, But this theory doesn't really hold up as the curse involves all the paintings in the series, all different canvases and material used for the prints. I can honestly say after reading it, I wouldn't chance owning one, but would love to know if any of our listeners own a copy of the Crying Boy series. Right, do
0: you want to see a couple of the Crying Boys? Not really, but I think we have to. I mean... What? Why are people buying stuff?
1: Yeah, I think they're quite cute, to be fair. Cute kids in there. But I wouldn't... Why would I put that on the wall? I wouldn't picture it. i will put a picture of my my own child crying on my wall.
0: Yeah, like, I can respect that that's a well-done painting. It's a very strange thing to have in your house, isn't it? But does that not
2: ring a bell with you? Because I have definitely seen that painting before.
0: No. Like, where in your house are you putting that? Dunno. (laughs) The last painting on
2: my list for today is Woman of the Rain, or Rain Woman, by Svetlana Teletz. It shows a long, thin woman dressed all in black with a sorrowful expression standing in the rain. Uh, Funnily enough, she has a large, brimmed black hat on. That's why I was talking about your hat earlier, Tash.
0: Oh, Yeah
2: let's painted the woman in 1996 after graduating art school in Ukraine. She had been feeling odd for around six months before painting it, like someone was always with her, following her, and it made her feel a weird sensation of despair. She said when it came to painting it that she had no idea what to paint on that day. It wasn't a rainy or sad day at all, but then the image just imprinted itself on her brain and she saw every detail clearly. It only took her five hours to paint it. It was like she was possessed, merely a tool for something else. Svetlana exhibited the painting in an art gallery and it sold almost immediately to a businesswoman who fell in love with the artwork. She took it home and hung it in her bedroom, but instantly began feeling like someone was in the room with her, watching her. So much so that she couldn't sleep. She took the painting down and hid it in her wardrobe, but it didn't help. Two weeks after purchasing it, she took it back to the artist, pleading with her to take it back. The second buyer was a young man who hung the rain woman in his living room. He knew nothing of the strange circumstances involved in the first transaction, but sure enough, after a few days, he returned it, stating the same feelings as the first lady, but adding that the woman followed him in his dreams every night like a shadow he couldn't escape. A third person bought the painting, now knowing of its strange reputation, he wasn't afraid. In fact, it was the reason he wanted the piece. But despite his certitude that he wanted the painting, he too returned it, saying that he didn't realise how white her eyes were, and that he began seeing them everywhere. And if he stared too long into them, he feared he would drown.
0: Oh dear,
2: dramatic. I know. This is especially odd as her eyes are looking down and you can't really make out much. You know, it's not like she's got really prominent eyes in the painting. As always, all these visual aids will be put on our socials. The last buyer that we know of is Sergei Skatchko, a musician from a famous Ukrainian band called Earthlings. As far as we know, he still has it, but it's no longer in his home. As soon as the artwork was hung up, he and his wife started arguing a lot. Things in the house would break inexplicably, and they thought the woman would get out of the painting and walk around their home at night. No, no thanks. That's
1: just like a horror movie, horrible.
2: Horrible. Hopefully she's still in their possession, hidden away in a storage unit somewhere, trapped forever in the rain. So, are you ready for the woman? In the rain?
1: Yes. <laughs> oh, I don't like, I don't know if I like that one. I don't like that one.
0: So which one are you hanging up? You've got the choice. Well, one of the kids.
1: Yeah, I'd probably no. take one of, I'd probably take the, the child on the left.
0: Well, even though it's <laughs> going to burn your house down?
1: Oh, I'd leave it in the garage outside. Or I'd place it in the homes of my enemies. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Anyway, that's me done. Thanks,
1: babe. Well, thanks for the nightmares. Yet you're again, welcome. Emma. You're welcome, Maggie. That's what I'm here for. I don't like the fact that blood was used in the first one. I think no, that, that, that freaks me out.
2: That anguished man, I feel like maybe he, I don't know, it was some kind of ritual he was doing to kind of leave something of himself behind because he was so depressed that he was going, he knew he was going to commit suicide. And that was his way of kind of, I don't know, his final goodbye, leaving himself, leaving a part of himself behind. And that face kind of, uh, just, you know, looks like how he was feeling maybe. I don't know if that's just my inter-
1: interpretation of it. Yeah. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well thank you very much there emma right okay would you like me to start my story now
2: (laughs) I i would love that
1: so i know this isn't going out until next tuesday because that's how it works when we record it goes out the week after
2: it's true that's that's how long it takes
1: yes I thought I'd do like a Halloween story, so it'll just come out a bit late, but everyone will still be in the Halloween spirit. It's not quite close enough to Christmas to get to Christmas yet. Well, no,
2: it's actually really good because I thought that we were idiots last week because we didn't realise that the week that podcast was going to be published was actually Halloween and we didn't say happy Halloween or anything.
1: No, we didn't. What We were rubbish. For a true crime paranormal podcast i know what a fail <laughs>
2: i just saw on twitter all these other podcasts going oh halloween special and i was like oh shit anyway uh,
1: here's a little bit of a of, of a bleated halloween story for for y'all so and you'll like it emma because it's an oldie i'm yeah. down i'm down for an oldie <laughs> uh, on the 31st of october 1858 in Bradford, England. On that evening, when William Hardacre shut his market stall where he sold sweets in the Green Market in central Bradford, he congratulated himself on a successful day's trade. His stall sold mainly sweets, and Halloween brought in more visitors than usual, as giving sweets to children had already started being traditional. The market stallholder, known to many as Humbug Billy, which is how I'm going to refer to him for the rest of the story, he'd sold £5 worth of these peppermint lozenges, which I can't say that word, so the humbugs. Do you remember humbugs? Have you had one? Did you have one at your grandma's house last time you had one? I love a humbug, but no, didn't have my grandma's. I think the last time I had a humbug, actually, was it was half-melted in the door of my car, and I thought, well, it would be all right. <laughs> <laughs> and ate it.
2: Was it alright? <laughs>
1: oh, it was alright. It was just a little bit melted in its packet. I had to sort of like scrape it off the packet with my teeth. Yuck. Uh but it was still it still got there, still um mintified my mouth.
2: I don't think I've ever had
1: humbug. Bah humbug.
2: Bah, anyway, humbug. it's
1: just a boiled mint sweet. These were popular back then. So he was pretty happy that he sold so many sweets that day. And the fact that on the humbugs he'd actually got a knockdown price to begin with, because when he collected the sweets from his wholesaler, he noticed that they were darker in colour than usual, so he managed to haggle the confectioner, so well, a man damn. called Joseph Neal, and he saved half a penny per pound. So
2: That is a bargain. In. But also, what's wrong with the fucking humbugs?
1: I don't know. Maybe I just mentioned it for no reason, Emma maybe you maybe you did, maybe I did, so back in the nineteen hundreds, shady things happened to save money, and manufacturers would often swap expensive ingredients with cheaper alternatives. maybe that's what they did with the humbugs maybe oh you. Getting it already? You know what? You know what my stories are. I'm
2: too suspicious. I'm, I, I don't know the story. I'm just too suspicious. No,
1: you're on the right. You're on the right track. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I mentioned the hue of the
1: humbug. Oh. It wasn't the right hue. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, in sweets, we all know that the main ingredient would usually be sugar. Back then, sugar was actually so valuable it was kept in locked caddies. Wow. And in the 17th and 18th century. Sugar plantations in the West Indies supplied Britain with sugar and trading ports such as Bristol grew rich on the trade. But by 1750, there were actually 120 sugar refineries operating in Britain, but they could only produce 30,000 tonnes of sugar per year. So prices were very, very high. Vast profits were made in the sugar trade to the extent that sugar was called white gold. Yeah. So because there was lots of profits there, the government, the greedy, greedy, greedy government, were like, oh, we're going to create a sugar tax, which will also drive up the prices even more.
0: (laughs) Bastards.
1: Yeah. Sugar, at first, was something that really the rich could afford. Back then, most of the food that people ate, especially in the poor urban areas, was, was a cocktail of whatever businesses could get away with cutting it with. Subject to the fluctuating prices and intense competition suppliers endeavoured to make genuine ingredients go as far as possible, so they tended to mix them with other stuff. Displaying all the concern for consumer safety of your average street dealer, they would cut their wares with whatever cheap substance they could get away with. So, examples. Red cheese was coloured with red lead. Or vermilion, mm. yeah, yummy. That's yummy. what
2: gives it that extra little pizzazz. Mmm, Sweet lead, ooh, lead,
1: mm, yummy, <laughs> yummy. That's what. That's what's missing. They don't make food like they used to. No. Yeah, just all that lead, all that heavy metal poisoning. Just, ooh. Ooh. oh, I just love it. So good. I, think, I don't know if we've mentioned this on the podcast, but do you know why lead paint is dangerous for older people and children? Because they eat it. Yep, yeah, and it tastes sweet.
2: Oh, so that's why they're adding lead into food, because it tastes sweet.
1: Yeah, and, and red lead, I think it was mainly for the colour.
2: Yeah, who wants a sweet cheese?
1: Yeah, pepper was mixed with sawdust.
2: Good bit of fibre, though, there, to be fair.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I imagine your poo would just come out in, like, little blocks, like yeah. perfectly square little blocks like little of wood. little pellets. <laughs> they,
0: little pellets, yeah. Shitbot. <laughs> Isn't
2: there an animal that squares? Oh, that squares shits that shit squares. Don't know. Oh, there definitely is. Let me hang on. Oh my god, is that? That shit squares
0: wombats.
2: Wombats.
0: A oh, wombat
2: poos cubes. There you go.
0: Well, that That's is adorable. Something I will forget instantly, <laughs> and the next time someone tells me, I'll be mind blown all over again. <laughs> yeah.
1: Wombats poo squares. They do. You, le- you learn it here. Yeah. You learn something new every day. So beer was treated to, um, to beer something called nux. I don't know how to spell it. Nux vomica.
2: That sounds Vom- delicious. Vomica. Yeah,
1: yeah. Mm, vomit. Mm. So it got treated with a chemical that historically was used in small doses to strengthen muscle contractions, so for things like heart or bowel conditions. They used to mix that into the beer, which. Um, made a grim truth of the expression what's your poison so next time you're at a bar and someone says what's your poison you can be like actually i know the history behind that would you like to listen to our podcast
2: yes i do and then nobody likes you and nobody talks to you for the rest of the evening
1: (laughs) yeah but you but you owned that conversation yeah you walk away a winner (laughs) (laughs) um so anyway back to our story As the price of sugar, as I mentioned, was super, super high, it was also often mixed with cheaper substances, or something called daft, which is like, so when it's mixed with that, it's like an inferior sugar that was sold onto the working classes. So daft was often a mixture of powdered limestone and plaster of Paris. So not tasty, but safe. It's not poisonous, at least. It's not lead. (laughs) But uh, obviously, it doesn't taste very nice, so that's why they mix it with a bit of sugar. So it's kind of sweet, but it's not full sweet, one hundred percent sugar.
2: Well, no, it's got plaster in it.
1: Yeah, so that's what the, that's the poor person's sugar is sugar mixed with par- with plaster of Paris. Oh Jesus Christ! So a bit, a bit gritty. Yeah,
2: a bit gritty.
1: <laughs> and they used they used it in uh, bread as well.
2: What plaster for of the Paris? flour?
1: Plaster of Paris. Yeah.
2: Jesus Christ Almighty! How did these yum, people yum,
1: survive? Yum. I don't know, but their poos, with the lead and the plaster, I bet their poos were very, very heavy. And sticky. Yeah. Or really uh. dusty. Or when you fire, it just goes... Pfft. Oh, because of the sawdust. Yeah, and all the plaster of Paris dust.
2: Wouldn't sawdust be sharp, like shitting splinters?
1: Oh, Yeah. Yeah, but that's mixed with, the, um, with pepper, so you just wouldn't eat a load of pepper.
2: No, true.
1: So, yeah, back to... Uh, Billy Humbug sold his sweets, gone home, good day at work.
2: Yeah, he's made a profit. Boom.
1: Yeah. That night, little Elijah Wright became very, very ill.
2: Oh, Elijah, I don't like your odds, mate. You got full named and everything.
1: Mm. He had complained of feeling strange and then started being violently sick. And after a while, he fell to the floor and started convulsing. Oh, shit. The voice family ran out and called the doctor. Surgeon John Roberts thought the symptoms, so mainly vomiting and convulsions, were consistent with cholera, which had been rife in England at the time, and the boy sadly died later that night.: oh. An hour later, a few streets away, Joseph Scott's father left their home in Railroad Street to fetch a doctor for his 14-year-old son who'd also become violently ill all of a sudden. But by the time he returned and ran into the room where he had left his son, there he lay, the light gone from his eyes. He was too late. Later it transpired that both had bought sweets from Humbug Billy the day before, but the connection had not been made yet. It was Dr. John Henry Bell who suspected the sweets when he arrived at Jowett Street at about 3pm. Orlando Buran five, and his brother John Henry, three, were lying dead before him when he got to the house. Their father had been ill that morning and two others in the house were also sick. All of them had eaten sweets, so the doctor had sent some to the chemist to be tested because he's just very suspicious of these sweets now.
2: Yeah, well, rightly so.
1: As the day wore on, reports began pouring in from all over the district. The people were becoming ill and some were dying. Having learned about the sweets from the uh, Barans, the police went to Humbug Bill's home and he learned that he also was very sick in bed. When questioned, he said that he sold about a thousand sweets the day before and the police were horrified when they realised how many of the sweets were being circulated. People took to the streets, knocking on doors, going through pubs, informing everyone not to eat the sweets as they have been poisoned. Uh, Warning notices were also swiftly printed and put up in public places. A list of those that were dead or dangerously ill were published in the Bradford Observer, and by the 4th of November, the death toll had reached 18. Shit. And the youngest being just 17 months old. Jesus. Fucking hell. The newspaper described the growing list of casualties as the most dreadful calamity that had ever happened in the district, spreading suffering, mourning, and woe. So detectives were piecing together what what the hell's happened. So they traced the path from Mr Humbug, a Humbug bill even, to his supplier, Joseph Neal. Joseph believed that he'd replaced the expensive sugar in the sweets with the daft substance that we mentioned earlier, the sugar mixed with plaster. So this daft could be obtained from pharmacies. However, Joseph, before he made the sweets, was unaware that the day that he sent his colleagues to collect the daft from the pharmacy, the head of the pharmacy, Charles Hodgson, was unwell and he directed his very inexperienced apprentice, William Goddard, to fetch the daft from the back of the pharmacy. So at the back of the pharmacy, in the storeroom, there were two unmarked barrels of white powder. One with the harmless daft and other with deadly arsenic. Goddard had mistakenly chosen the arsenic-laced powder, thinking it was the plaster of Paris.
2: I feel like those two things should not be kept side by side. And
1: also (laughs) should be labelled.
2: Yeah, definitely big labels, like with the skull and crossbone thing.
1: Yeah, and maybe put all the really poisonous stuff in like a special cabinet where you have to have a key to get in. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's a really good idea.
2: I mean, it's obviously not, because a lot of people have died, so... No. Terrible, terrible idea.
1: Horrible, horrible. So he gave the wrong powder to the confectioner, and he went to go and make his sweets, and even when he was making the sweets, he started feeling ill himself because of the exposure. It's all, like, blowing around in the air.
2: Of course it is, yeah.
1: But he kept making... The sweets, without realizing the danger, so that's basically what happened. So the Bradford poisonings actually changed the law in in the UK. It showed the necessity of safeguarding medicines and consumer goods. This uh, incident led to the introduction of the Pharmacy Act of eighteen sixty eight, which restricted the sale of poisons and any hazardous drugs to licensed pharmacists and druggists. Additionally, it, it established regulations mandating proper labelling for poisons, uh, a practice that continues to be enforced today, obviously, because that's stupid to not have poisons labelled. If the law had been in effect 10 years earlier, it would have potentially prevented this mistake from happening and all these people being killed. The abolition of the sugar tax in 1874 meant sugar became affordable to all, so no need to mix things up. And also they changed the law on um, what manufacturers can cut ingredients. They had to list their ingredients on on like a label. All in all, 20 people died from the poisoned sweets, most of them children, and over 200 people were very, very sick.
2: That is awful. Over 200 people? Yeah.
1: In some of the suites, it had enough arsenic to kill two people.
2: Oh, shit.
1: And those poor little babies.
2: That's awful.
1: Yeah. All involved were subsequently charged with manslaughter, but none were convicted as they did not purposely poison people. Obviously, nowadays, someone would have gone to prison for gross negligence, if anything. But actually, no one's put in prison back then. They changed the laws, but no one did any time for it.
2: Definitely. I don't think the sweet maker should have been punished in any way because he obviously had no idea. And
1: he was uh, probably... It's, it's the pharmacist's fault. Yeah. The, the, not just- necessarily the apprin- apprentice. It's the one that was like, oh. Uh, but he should have said, by the way, there's arsenic there and I'm an idiot and I haven't put a, a label on it.
2: And it's also next to something that looks identical.
1: Yeah, it, it's next to something harmless that you need to give to this person, yes. Yeah, it'd definitely be the pharmacist's fault.
2: Why did they have
1: arsenic? Because it's pharmacist, and I suppose that you could just buy arsenic back then. What it's an all? arsenic
0: used for rat poisoning.
1: Maybe that, yeah.
0: That was pretty sad, though. I don't like dead kids.
1: No, no. Well, no, neither do I. No. If anyone does, well, put them in prison.
2: Yeah, indeed.
1: I do feel sorry for the the poor parents that lost all of, you know, the children or all of their children in some cases. Oh, Uh, heartbreaking. And there's no one to... They didn't get any justice for it.
2: No. no, I'd be fuming. I'd have wanted that pharmacist in prison 100%. You did a story... um about poisoned halloween sweets ages ago didn't you when we first started yeah,
1: it, was, it was a pixie sticks one yeah but that's yeah. the one that everyone knows i didn't know this one no The my uh main um source was bbc yorkshire because uh oh uh, it was on it was on there and i was like hey bbc yorkshire giving me the good stuff yeah so yeah well giving me the good stuff that's no. horrible but you know <laughs> what i mean give me a story for this week thank you bbc yorkshire
2: was the Pixie Sticks arsenic as well? Yes, I think that episode was called "Ghost Sex and Pixie Sticks."
1: It was. Yeah,
2: go listen to that episode, but don't judge us on the quality of the sound. We were very early on.
1: It was like episode six or seven, was that?
2: Or was it, it, it not? Well, I think it might have been the first episode Tash joined us. It could have been episode five. It was yeah, pretty early
0: funny. on, wasn't it? To my to uh, my my joining.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, go check that one out because that's a cool story too. Right, shall we go?
0: Let's go. I've got work very early in the morning. Definitely go then. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. You can catch us on all the usual social media outlets. And we just want to remind you
1: all to stay safe. Don't kill people.
0: And keep it weird. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye.
1: Bye. I was quite proud of that intro. That is very good. I'm admiring the 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 words. What wordmanship? No, wordmanship. So. Uh, Penmanship.
2: Wordsmith. Is that a thing? Wordsmith.
0: Anyway, I think these are all words, but are they used in the right context? Or don't know? <laughs> what, we don't know. They <laughs> no,
1: most definitely are words. Uh huh.
0: I've got um two pictures in my room. One is a skeleton doing the rock rock sign. You know, a skeleton. A skeleton. Yeah. I'm never gonna say it right. Get over it. I've named him Clive to make him less frightening. And um, I've also got a sign that says Bon Appetit in my bedroom because I think I'm hilarious.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That is hilarious, though, to be fair. (laughs) I know. Sean has it locked up in storage as it began began giving people... No... no,
1: Okay, I'm just trying to. I'm trying to open my uh, little file again. That's why I'm trying to stall and get a bit more time. <laughs> <laughs>